0: Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, happy to have you with us today. And today we are going to be talking with author Sharon Weil about her new book, Changeability, and how change can empower us. And then later in the show, we're going to be talking with Dimple Thakar. She's an award-winning social media expert. She started her career in New York working with music icons like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, and then came to Los Angeles and started her own successful business. So we'll talk with Dimple later in the show. But first, here is author extraordinaire, Sharon Weil. Hi, how are you? I know this is one of a couple books that you have.
2: Yes, uh-huh. This yeah. is the, the most recent book about change. Yeah, and yeah. tell me the full title. So it's called Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change. And the way I came to write this book was that I did a podcast called Passing for Normal, Conversations with Artists, Activists, and Awakeners. Passing Awaken- for Normal? Oh, I couldn't have been norm- on that show. Yeah, <laughs> we're all passing for normal. And um, I was talking to people who were making change. I was really interested in the topic of how do people make change? Why do they make change? I was talking to people who are environmental activists, social change activists, writers, painters, people who are revisioning medicine, spiritual people, and really asking how it is that they work with change and what is necessary for change. And what does it take to be brave in the face of change? How do you become brave when you're afraid to step out and do something? Right. And um, from the podcast, I started to hear certain commonalities and what they were saying in their approaches, right. and um, it it caused me to write it down and, and put it into this book, Changeability. That sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I, I had asked you originally, you know, what was the catalyst to your starting this project, mm-hmm. even doing the podcast conversations in the first place. And one of the things that you told me about was uh, that you'd lost a sister to breast cancer. That's I'm right. so sorry. Um, and uh, that that kind of was. The, tell me how that that was kind of the the beginnings of this project, or, or well, you the know, seedlings of it.
2: I think that everything we do leads to the next thing that we do, and I do it leads too. to the next thing that we do. Yep. And you know, one of the things that I talk about in terms of how I look at change is that change is always moving all the time, right? And that um, it's always change nev- never stops. Change never yeah. stops, and right. it's always evolving. Um, my uh, dear sister passed away from breast cancer in 2006 oh, wow. and um, she was very uh, politically active environmentally active very very philanthropically oriented and before she died she asked um, a number of her friends who were all involved in nonprofit organizations or worked on the funding side of grant making to uh, come together and form a foundation to further her um, her values. What a cool legacy. It was an amazing legacy. And it was an amazing process of actually grieving. Yeah, because several many of the people knew her well. And in actually thinking about what is it that she would want right it was like I had to crawl inside her skin and in that way she continued to live on and every time we made a grant and we identified you yeah. know um in her honor in her honor That's and so, so awesome. it was an amazing way I really suggested, even if you have ten dollars if you yeah. have twenty dollars you yeah. know yeah. to do something in their, do in their something memory in someone's memory yeah. um really further along but we were able to um We were able to fund some amazing people, some amazing change makers. And so I got to be up close and personal with a lot of um, people who are out there doing amazing work in terms of social change, in terms of um, social justice. That's the way I feel
0: with this project.
2: I get to meet the most uh,
0: amazing women and people that are really making things happen and and doing with their life purposes. And obviously yours is to write about this and, and, and to help create change and make people aware of uh, of what change involves
2: and, and why it's necessary. And why it's necessary. And, well, it's always happening all the time no matter what. Whether you what, want it to or not. Whether you want yeah. it to or not. And so this, the key is how do we meet change? Right. How do we meet it? How do we maximize it? How do we align with the movement of change? If change is moving all the time, it's never stopping, right? It's right. always happening from breath to breath, from moment to moment. We're always changing this moment is different from this moment. Right. It's different from this moment, right? Right, right. Um, and so how do we align with the movement of change? How do we find where that change is going and align with it right. so I'm not creating so much resistance to change? You know? So
0: in this book, you have these seven principles that you suggest people adhere to to deal with change.
2: That's right. So there's yeah. seven principles of change that I identify in And the that's book. from your talk, in the podcast
0: with these people that were change makers and awakeners and artists? That's right. I started
2: to hear common things. And from that, I said, okay, well, so these are the common things. And the the first things I started hearing about was listen deeply, Mm -hmm. that a lot of the people who I was speaking to um, decide their course by listening and seeing what's going on and getting feedback from, Mm -hmm. you know, like they try something and then they listen to say, was that working? Right. Rather than having a plan and just barreling through. Right. Like having an agenda,
0: but kind of listening to their insides and to feedback. Listening to their inside
2: or to, like, is this working? Am I, you know, like you're doing a podcast and you put it out and you say, well, is this working? Do I have an audience? And if I don't have an audience, what do I need to do to change? Right. How do I change it? How do I change it? So on the one hand, having a strong agenda a yeah. strong intention but on the other hand having a lot of flexibility in in reading the water so, so to speak so in
0: other words you could have the vision or the goal but it doesn't have
2: to be a set idea on how to get there you have to be kind of fluid you need to be very yeah. fluid and you have to have a lot of flexibility so you know the word that i coined changeability has to do with navigating change in a way that is more effective flexible and easy, and therefore easy, because we want to ultimately be able to have ease with change instead right. of being so overwhelmed, right. like instead so many of swimming people. Upstream. People are so overwhelmed, right? Right. So listening deeply. So, um, so the seven principles are: bring awareness. The first thing I need to do is just be aware that there's a change going on, or right. that a change needs to happen. Or sometimes I need to bring awareness to other people. Hey, I'm doing this. Con- I'm doing this conference in November. I want yeah. you to become aware of it. Right. right, right. Talking about you. Yes. I'm not Thank me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> bring awareness. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> yeah. Listen deeply. Yeah. Which we just talked about. You yeah. know. Um, uh, find community, right. which means find support, find help. I find that most people are not asking for enough help they don't have enough support for whatever change they're going through and that support can be from friends it can be from like-minded people it can be from experts it can be from a spiritual practice right but just the idea of finding support support yeah because change is not easy right it's always disruptive it's always disorienting us so you need a community you need some sort of support i always say community is so important to not just change but your well-being your
0: your uh inner self your your uh, it, it's uh
2: It's tied to your happiness, I believe, having community around you. we're communal beings. We're social beings. We're tribal beings. We're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do anything alone. And that's not to say not have alone time. People might mix that up. But
0: having community to support whatever endeavors you're doing. That's right. Uh, I was just talking to someone the other day about that book, Outliers, and how it had this part of it where they talked about there was a community of people who were like living long healthy lives Mm -hmm. and they were trying to figure out why is it what is it is it the soil is it something they're eating is it hereditary and they came to find out it was because they had community Mm -hmm. every day they were engaging with neighbors and laughter and talk and love and that those things Mm -hmm. uh give people a longer, richer, healthier life. Of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, the show that you're doing now, this is about creating supports for people who are trying to make change in their life. This is exactly what you're doing is you're providing a resource, a reference, a support for people who want to make change, right? Right, right, absolutely. Okay, so then the next principle is proceed incrementally, Uh which means that even if you have a long-term goal, that really it's always achieved in small steps, and those steps are not necessarily in a straight line. Sometimes they meander. Sometimes they go back and forth. But that, you know, if you take any large task and break it up into smaller pieces, right. there's more gratification. Right. There's more uh, feeling of possibility. You know, yeah. and some of the um, activists that I speak to, who I feel like are sort of working for hopeless causes, right. I say, "How do you do this? How right. do you how do you retain your your hope?" And they say, "We celebrate every little victory, right? right. Every single one, because right. you don't know that." Is going to be another one yeah. or when there's going to be another one. And so you could look at every victory or as as a step, as an increment. Right. And so to proceed. Because like world peace is kind of big. That's right. But,
0: but one we'll, inch at a time. That's right. We will achieve yeah. it
2: one inch at a time, one right. act at a time. Right. right. One person at a one time. One person at a time. And yeah. so, you know, when people want to make a contribution with their lives, they don't have to do a million things and it doesn't have to be grandiose. It can right. be just one small act. Yeah. And then when you're ready, another small act. Yeah. And then when you're ready, another yeah. small act. Right. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Make it bite-sized. Bite-sized yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then align with nature, which speaks oh, to proper that. timing. Yeah. Which means that there often is A better timing for the change that you want to make. You know, whether you're looking at the seasons, you know, like I'll often start a project in the spring when it, you know, when the energies of of renewal are are coming and letting it sort of, letting it cook over the summer and bringing it into a harvest in the in the fall and especially for people who actually live in winter climates, not like us here in Southern California, the winter is a time for going inward. It's a time for resting, for reflecting, for conserving energy, just like the trees, you know, the sap gathers and it goes down into the roots and it's resting until, until it's called forward into action. So sometimes if you look at that within yourself, you know, if you're in a winter, it, it may not be the time to be all out there, Spike out there, it. out yeah. there. And if you're feeling like I'm trying to be out there, out there, but nothing's working, it's yeah. like, look at the timing. Right, right. Because I always say it should, like, happen. It shouldn't be like you have to
0: push for it. It's just like, let it happen. Right. And, and so it's, I think that is part of listening to your insides. Is it the right time That's to do right. this That's or that? That's right. So I'm listening
2: yeah. and I'm aligning with nature. Mm-hmm. This is why some people use astrologers, for instance, to right. help them you know, understand more about cycles of opportunity for them or right. um, people who spend a lot of time in nature learn a lot about how the river runs. Right. And like we're in a mercury retrograde right now. That's right. And some people will say, don't sign a contract. Or, that's right. Yeah. So if you're frustrated, just wait a little yeah. bit, and then you'll see that things will eventually change, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, like you said, it should
0: be easy. Every, yes. It, it, you know if you're in the right place, the right time.
2: Uh, it should be happening with ease. That's right. If it's not happening with ease, you're probably not on the right track. That's right. So, And this is where this this wheel of change that I'm saying really works. If you Mm -hmm. find that you're stuck in a change, then you look at these seven principles and you say, okay, what am I not doing enough of? Am I not listening deeply? Mm -hmm. Am I not aligned with the proper timing? Mm -hmm. Do I not have community? Yes, and um, I'm about to... So the last two are have hope, which is we need hope. We won't do anything. Why bother unless you have hopes? But hope is something that's light and it's airy and it has to be renewed all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people say, well, hope isn't enough. It could just like, you know, but hope is we wouldn't wouldn't do it. We wouldn't try if we didn't have hope. So we need hope and we need to spark fire. And by spark fire, I mean have courage, have passion, have love. Um, find a compelling reason why right and I know you said no change ever happens without love that's right it's a
0: love of wanting to do something a love wanting to empower women or a love of wanting to make change or make peace or help dogs or help
2: kids or whatever
0: that thing is that you have a passion for that you love
2: that's right. You yeah. know, so many people especially when they are in hard fights, when they're in fights for social justice or when they're, you know, in fights for environmental justice and it just feels kind of hopeless. Yeah. Um and they feel like they're in a hard fight. It's not if you really ask them, you know, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. It's because I love this earth. I love these mountains. I love this lake. Right. I love these people. You know, it's really comes from Love And the cool thing is we all have a love and a passion for different things. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: some people it's animals, some people it's kids, some people it's, you know, the climate, like you said, the nature. Um, And and that's a beautiful thing that we all have different reasons that we're here and causes that we're here. But it's about getting in touch with what is it that you're passionate
2: about? What is it you want to change? What is it that you love? That's right. And sometimes it's really about reframing that, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas let's say – you know, you got a health diagnosis and and it looks like you really should lose some weight and you should change some of your eating habits for your health instead of thinking of it as I have to do it, it's something I have to do. If you can reframe it towards Something that you want, something to do. that you want to do, something uh, that you a love to do, thing. or on behalf of your family, mm-hmm. on behalf of you know your partner, that you say, okay, uh, this is enough of a compelling reason for me to make this change because change doesn't come easy, right? And initiating change doesn't come easy, and it's often not quick, and so we have to have compelling reasons why we're doing it, right? Well, all I know is I'm not going to change. No,
3: I'm just, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I beg um, to differ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before you wrote this book, you wrote another book that was really uh, impressive. Uh, Donnie and Ursula. Yes. Uh, Donnie and Ursula save the world. Right. Uh huh. And I know where this is fact based. That was fictional. Yes. Interesting, because most people usually, I think, write one or the other, but you've written uh-huh. some of each. And this uh, fictional story is about uh, someone who wants to become an activist. Uh, about... Someone who
2: absolutely does not want to become, oh, does not an, activist, want to become an activist, but okay. gets dragged into it. Oh, okay. You know, the the Donnie and Ursula save the world. Donnie and Ursula are these two mismatched lovers who... I've heard of that before. Through the power of Eros, the whole premise of the book is that it's Eros that motivates all human action. And that we only ever do anything because of Eros. So though I define Eros not just as lust and sex, but as life force. Again, as passion, the thing that we love on behalf of what we love. And so that is what motivates all the characters in this story. And it's a very wacky, sexy, political, off-the-wall story with a very serious message and a very serious idea. So Donnie and Ursula, mismatched lovers, who through the power of Eros end up becoming reluctant activists and saving the world from a plot by an agribusiness giant to own all the seeds of the world. So this
0: is kind of, really kind of... Similar to Monsanto.
2: Kind of, sort of, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you kind of
0: were kind of worried. You told me that they might like,
2: you know, yes, it, it, find, yes. come after you. As you know. I was doing the research for yeah. this book. I mean, they're powerful. They're very powerful. Yeah. And as I was doing the research for this book, I um, I was and, and, making... And just for people that don't know, Monsanto, you know, it's big
0: into the pesticides and whatnot. And, and you know, uh, people are concerned about what's going into our food because of them... As opposed to people wanting organic food, and this is kind of the dilemma.
2: That's right. We're talking about the whole genetically modified seed right issue. Right, where um, a lot of people don't even still know about GMO seeds, but GMO seeds are genetically modified seeds that are intended to grow without with um, that they're intended to grow, and they use a lot of pesticides and herbicides to um, accompany the growing of these seeds. And some people think that's why more more and more
0: people are getting cancer and things of this nature. Yes, Uh
2: uh-huh. You know, um, of course—
0: you know, there's two sides to that. Some people don't think that, but it, research is showing that that that's the case. Yes. Yes, because
2: okay. you know, GMOs have not been around long enough to do long-term studies, but short-term studies are definitely showing yeah. that that there's a real danger in um, growing our food in this way. And so, the and, and, f- so, and this
0: is different than how food was grown for our grandparents, even yes, or even in our li- our lifetime. That's right. It's changed how we grow our food, how we grow and. And FYI, the number of cancer, uh, you know, patients and stuff has gone up. So that's why people are saying, "Hey, there must be a a correlation here. Yes, like we've the- changed the food we're ingesting. More people are getting cancer and other things. There must be some correlation, yes. and that's what people are concerned
2: about. Yes, they're seeing a lot of food allergies too. you are seeing a lot now.
0: Of- cu- uh, the GMOs are not used as much. In other countries, right? Yes.
2: In fact, there are 67 other countries in the nation that have banned GMOs, including Canada, including all of Europe. Right. Um, And uh, the United States. So for people to say, you know, poo-poo this is like... No, this is real. Other
0: countries have banned this. Yes. It's kind of amazing that we haven't.
2: We haven't. And, you know, a number of states have tried to pass laws that um, will uh, at least require labeling. At least that. Right. You know, let people choose for themselves. Right. Um, Right now
0: you don't know what you're eating.
2: Yes. And each one of them has been defeated, um, except Vermont passed theirs. And, you know, and then they took it into Congress to sign an act that would not allow... that law even to be, to come into effect, so they don't have it in Vermont either. Well, it ha- the the law was about to take uh, take place, and they signed um, they signed legislation that will keep that from happening. Okay. And so you have to wonder, you know, if there's so much money being put to uh, so keep, much money to keep yeah. food from being labeled. It can't just be yeah. benign. Yeah.
0: And I was shocked that someone like Starbucks, who I always thought was really cutting edge and cool, uh, has teamed up with Monsanto and now serves
2: that food there. And Well, that's it's not that they've teamed up with Monsanto. It's that they are allowing – They are using products that are, you know, derived from, if not uh, directly from GMO seeds, from cows that eat GMO Feed, right, and so uh, it's not that they're in bed; it's just that they are allowing it because they're less expensive. They're mass right. produced. It's yeah. it's not just it's not just GMO versus our health, yes,
0: and our longevity and our quality of life. That's so right. it, it is a very important topic. I'm so happy that you've written both of these books. Mm-hmm. They're both important things that we need to be thinking about. In fact, we need to implement change into our food
2: process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go.
0: Let's tie the two together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank yes. you so much for being on today's show. Oh, thank you so uh, much. We have your website up, which is uh, Sharon Weil author.com or author yes. Sharon Weill,
2: Sharon Weill Sharon author. Weil
0: author.com. Yes. Uh-huh. And so they can check out your books and, uh, and we look forward to the next one. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with Dimple Thakar.
1: Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever, the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrugin.com The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com Are you a 360 karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360karmawomen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. Fans of the Live, Love, Thrive radio show, join us for our Live, Love, Thrive conference in Los Angeles on November 12th, 2016. This will be one of the most dynamic and interactive conferences in the country regarding equal pay and the shift of putting more women into positions of influence. Plus, incredible speakers, music, and life-changing tools to help you find your life purpose and create your legacy. Get your tickets now at www.LiveLoveThriveConference.com. And we are back with
0: Live, Love, Thrive and Dimple Thakar. Hello. Hello there. Uh, so happy to have you on the show. Uh, you are an amazing entrepreneur. Thank you. And an inspiration to a lot of young women. Um, you have so many awards. I-, I wouldn't even know where to start, but let's <laughs> mention a couple of them. I know just recently you won the Asian Business Award from Los Angeles Business Journal.
3: Yes, that's true.
0: That's very cool. And that was uh, your outstanding um business um, uh, exec, uh, um, executive? Yeah, the, uh,
3: the award was titled Outstanding Asian American Executive. And um, I was just a proud moment to accept that because of my heritage, because I'm a woman, because I'm relatively young. Yeah, That's going to change in a few years, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? 33 right now. It just turned a few weeks ago.
0: So I I, I know everybody would be curious, uh, I'm sure, because uh, I I find you had the most interesting way you got started. Yeah. Uh, You were a groupie for a band.
3: (laughs) Sure, you could call it that. Right? Yeah, I was... um Before social media was social media, people typically hung out on online message boards. Right. Okay, now you're dating
0: yourself. Yeah, basically, (laughs) right?
3: Uh, I'm I'm happy that I have a good balance between the old school and the new school in my life. Um, And so I was uh, a moderator on this message board, and I was just as a fan of the band, just running promotions for And what band was that? Um, It was a band called OTEP, O-T-E-P. It was actually a female-fronted hard rock band. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And so you can see why I gravitated towards them over the other bands that are out there. Um and so the management team contacted them and said who's doing all these great promotions for you and they said Dimple and they're like does she want a job? Oh my god. <laughs> and next thing you know, fast forward 6 months uh after graduation, college um, I'm working at a marketing agency in New York where we have huge clients like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and big tech companies like Photobucket, for example.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That must have been so exciting. <laughs> it was. Right out of college, <laughs> working on that kind of campaigns. That's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. And so uh, what made you decide to move across country and start your own business? Like, that's huge.
3: Well, the company, unfortunately, was a startup. And as most startups, they crash and burn and Plus, it was 2008 and everything was crashing and burning. Right. You you know, yeah. so um, and I always wanted to be in the music industry initially, but in L.A., not in New York. There's just something about L.A. that was really attractive to me. Yeah. And so I said, OK, well, you know, this company is no longer in business. It's time to make a career move. Yeah. And uh, so I found a new job in Los Angeles. And I again, I started in the music industry, but um, I realized, you know, you. Speaking of change, you know, yeah. referencing the earlier segment, um, I realized I didn't really love it. I like being a fan of it, but yeah. I didn't really care for the business side of it so right. much. So I. What did I, you think you wanted to do? Um, I was going to do talent management, oh. which I thought would have been nice because you get the business acumen, plus I had the marketing skills to back it up. And right. I thought it could make me. Um, a sharper manager because of that. Um, And then I realized, like I said, I like the more corporate side of things. I'm just a huge nerd and geek at heart. So I wanted to be with people. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way. In a great way. You know, there's no shame in it at all. Um, And so I just wanted to be a person that talks about numbers and data and this and no disrespect to the music industry. But there's just a little bit too much partying and other stuff going on that I didn't really care for. Right. And and that kind of goes back
0: to your roots. I know You grew up in an Indian family that came here from India Yes, and started a uh, grocery store, right?
3: It was a convenience store. It was like a mini Target. Yeah, (laughs) We had a little bit of everything there. But I know you told me as a kid
0: you were working at a very young age.
3: Yep. I think as back as as young as five years old. Wow. Yeah, I was doing like little things and then it, it turned into bigger things like 50 boxes of shipment. Unpack it, price it, put it on the shelf, you know, that sort of thing, running the cash register. Yeah. and so, yeah, it was uh, summer vacations because otherwise I was in school, I would be working 12 hours a day, seven days a week with my wow. parents. Wow. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, and you told me that's kind of where you started your business acumen. So, you know, it's always funny, those things we hate as a kid, probably you were like, ah, I want to go out and play with everybody else. But it actually is the things uh, that we don't like sometimes or the challenges we had that end up being a, a blessing later in life. And so- I think, you know, that's kind of how you explained it to me was that, you know, it created a good business acumen for you. You're very buttoned up and... You know, I, I, that's why, at such a young age, you've created such a successful business. It's been around now six or seven years, eight, eight years? Eight years now. Eight years, yeah. yeah. Eight years. That so, in itself is amazing.
3: No, it's 100% true that, um, you know, not to to seem like I was always working, they would give me breaks to go hang out with the neighbor's friend, uh, kids and things like that, but yeah. mostly was Since working. Since will be watching, we better cut them a little <laughs> slacker. Right? Yeah, sorry, Mom, Dad. Um,
0: but I think we have a picture of your family, and they're pretty, uh, they sound awesome. They're, they're sound great, like, they're I great. I know I met them once. They're one Wonderful yeah. people.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I think the pictures from the five year anniversary party that. Yeah. We, yeah. You were there. So no, that's a lot of the work ethic comes from the business that my parents owned and just everything I learned. Yeah. And coming from entrepreneurs. Yeah, and- exactly. And so carried over a lot of skills and even, you know, honed down on my own strengths. And, uh, you know, now I'm. You know, a combination of them and a combination of things I've learned just from my own experiences.
0: Right, but you seem to take to this social media like a fish to water. <laughs> I mean, it's just second nature to you, and that's that's a gift, especially in this day and age when it's so crucial. And I know you work with some very interesting uh, clients, one of which we spoke about was NextGen, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because sure. I know that's very cutting edge.
3: Yeah, yeah. Next gen crowdfunding is what they're called, and um, they've basically taken um, a role in educating um, entry level and new investors in this new type of crowdfunding. It's called equity crowdfunding, right? Yeah, and so very the, interesting. Yeah, so the SEC approves rules Title Three and Title Four, and what it does is it allows companies to raise money in the way you could with rewards-based crowdfunding, but in exchange for rewards, you're actually giving people equity. So it's not Kickstarter. It's a little bit more than that. Um, and so and this just
0: happened a few months ago, right? that this was legal for small companies to do equity crowdfunding, right?
3: Right? So, very I, new. What I've heard is it's been talked about for years, mm-hmm. but the rules finally passed. And so there's a because it's something that's so new, there's a lot of education that needs to go into it on both ends. The companies, how do they get to a point where they can launch an equity crowdfunding campaign? So that's one side of the education. The other side of the education is how do investors, people who are unaccredited, Get involved. You have right. to learn the risks, the rewards. What do you have to get into? What is, What do you have to know before you start putting money into this and investing in it? Right. And so, next gen crowdfunding is is doing that.
0: So, where public companies you sell like shares on the stock market in their companies, uh, or if you invest in a private company, you have to have a certain um, minimum amount of money, I think a million dollars, something like that, but with this, it's something new that allows small investors to get in and have a piece of a startup through this equity crowdfunding, right?
3: Right, exactly. And know, the,
0: Enough to be dangerous.
3: In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the investment process, you go to a platform like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, except there's a whole lot more information you have to sift through, and um, you have to know the risks once again. And with any investment, not just an equity crowdfunding-based investment. So what they're doing is pretty cutting edge. And um, we actually have an event coming up on September 21st. It's ah. uh, called an Ignition Event. And it's where companies who are raising money through equity crowdfunding pitch their campaigns.
0: Right. Okay, so that's cool. And, and so if there's people out there that have ideas and they were thinking about doing crowdfunding, they may want to look into this equity crowdfunding, uh, selling shares in their company to raise money.
3: Yeah, as an option, absolutely.
0: Yeah. What kind of companies do you think this would be good for?
3: I think statistically speaking, I've seen a lot of uh, companies in the food and beverage world doing really well initially mm. with equity crowdfunding. Do you know of any in particular we would know? Um not offhand. Um but I believe at the if you go to their website they have archived versions of the last ignition event and there's two companies Next there. Next gen. Yeah. There's actually one called Bloomery Sweetshine and another one called um, actually is, I don't remember it, but is there it are nextgen.com? two Nextgen com. Next gen crowdfunding.com it's really
0: something people should be educating themselves on because it's so new so exciting so innovative and uh next gen is doing a great job of educating people about it so these uh events are a wonderful opportunity to learn about this new way to raise money for entrepreneurs and startups and and whatnot
3: exactly and they have all types of events some are ignition events some are just webinars you can go on their website and see all kinds of stuff
0: cool uh what, is, what are some tips that you have for uh, business startups, being that you are like the social media guru? What, what would you say is the crux of making a business successful today with regard to social media?
3: You know, with um, any business owner, and with, you could focus on social media or any industry, I think reputation is everything. You know, everyone can provide good customer service. Everyone can provide a great service. Everyone can do all these things. But at the end of the day, what are people saying, not to your face, but behind your back? When the doors are closing, you're not in the room. What are people actually saying about you and your company and the services? Right. Right. And um, reputation is what drives referrals. Reputation is what keeps you in business. That's the definition for me um, when it comes to longevity. And so right. I think yeah, that's I know really, really important. I you
0: really pride
3: yourself on that. I do. I do. I um, do. There's just sometimes you'll meet companies, uh, for example, where they've just been funded. They're very excited about it, and now suddenly they have these huge demands to make the investors happy, and they start cutting corners. And sometimes they even burn bridges because of that, and they're not maybe even noticing that they're doing it. They don't realize it. But you need to stop.
0: Yeah, what would cutting <laughs> pretty... corners look like? Like, what do you mean by that?
3: You know, just like things like uh, si- getting into a contract that you shouldn't have gotten into, ah. for example. You know, yeah,
0: not doing your due diligence. Exactly, yeah.
3: exactly. Things like that. Or thinking you have the budget to invest in something, but you don't. Ah. You know, those types of things happen a lot these days, especially when there's so much demand and pressure on these companies to become successful. Right. But what I say is meet your demands, but also remember that you have a reputation that you want to create for yourself. Who are you as an entrepreneur, as a business person? And if this endeavor doesn't work out, what's going to happen with the next endeavor? You want to make sure that the feeling that you had working with that person carries over and hopefully that feeling is a good and positive one.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. So let's look at all of these awards that you've gotten. (laughs) Uh, The 2012 Power 30 Under 30 Award. That was before you were... (laughs) 33. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The uh the 2003 uh, Synergy won the Small Business of the Year award with the US Chamber of Commerce. That yeah. sounds pretty big.
3: Yeah, it actually was and yeah. it was nice because we were still sort of in an infancy phase so to get recognized by such a large organization like the US Chamber of Commerce was a great feeling. It kind yeah. of um confirmed that I was moving in the right direction. I was doing the right things. As a small business owner and entrepreneur.
0: Right. Um,
3: And so, and what's nice about winning the Small Business Award is that people often think of the word small and small business as a disadvantage. Right. I've never thought of it that way. I've thought of it as an advantage. It allows me to pivot and move a lot faster than my bigger, possibly well funded competitors. Right. And so, I take a lot of pride in being a small business owner. So, that award in particular is. um, very special.
0: I would think a lot of businesses, too, since they're really trying to uh, do more minority business, that you are really fortunate in that arena, being a woman, being Indian, and so forth. Does that help you, do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it helps. And, um, I mean, it's got pros and cons, just yeah. like everything else, yeah. you know. Um yeah, I've, I've had, I've been in meetings where my age, you know, I could tell the person wasn't saying it, but I could see that they were thinking it right. or my gender or whatever. And you but just you have to But you think when it comes forward. to social
0: media, everybody would be thinking, I need a young person,
3: you know? <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah. But then what happens is they go for the young person, but you also need the person with the business experience. Right. And you just have to find that nice mixture of all those ingredients because right. you can find that young person, but when it comes to actually generating revenue, for your business through social media, how are they gonna do it if they don't have the experience? So it's tough finding the real social media experts versus the ones who call themselves that because they know how to log into Facebook. There's a lot
0: of that out there, isn't there? There's a lot of it, yeah. I think it's the (laughs) 80-20 rule in almost any industry, whether it's technology or real estate or whatever, 20% of the people are really awesome at what they do and 80% really aren't. And so you got to find those 20%. Yeah you know? it's the 80/20 rule.
3: And hopefully the 80%'s trying to get better.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, this is about uh, you know, who's stepping up uh, and, and giving their a game. Not everybody gives their A game. Yeah. but I've always respected that about you. I know you give your A game.
3: Absolutely. As yeah. a matter of fact, we, um, you know, and this is for anyone who's thinking about hiring a, a social media agency, ask for case studies. Yeah. And we take it a step beyond case studies. I will actually give potential clients references. You can actually call my clients without me involved yeah. <laughs> and ask yeah. them anything you want about working with us. Right. Without I have holding no, them at gunpoint. No right. shame in that. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so what would you tell entrepreneurs today is the most important thing in their social media uh, strategy? Um What are the most popular platforms now? and you know, wh- what are we moving away from? What are we moving toward? Like give us your expert opinion on that.
3: Sure, you know, social media now has matured to a level level where you can actually track revenue. So start thinking about not reporting on likes and followers and things like that, especially with organic reach decreasing so much now. Start thinking about ways you can do end-to end tracking on revenue um, generation. When
0: you say organic is... uh,
3: Non-advertising. Right. Yeah.
0: So you're saying the paid advertising is gaining traction over the organic.
3: If you do it right, yeah. Yeah. You have to know how to target the ads. You have to know how to create the strategy behind it. There's even a bidding strategy. Uh There's all kinds of things. But if you find a way to, to really... Get into the advanced tactics with advertising. You can generate revenue for clients.
0: Now, are we talking about Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or all of it, or like what's the what's the newest platforms and what are we getting away from and and what what are the strongest ones that you have to have a presence on?
3: You know, um, for me, Facebook has always been golden, just because I get the best ROI from it. Some uh-huh. people will start Which is to, return
0: on investment. Yeah,
3: exactly, return on investment. Um, mostly, also because Facebook gives me the best tools as an advertiser to do all the tracking. Right, Uh, like I find
0: if we put a video, we get way more views on Facebook than any other uh, platform. Yeah, Yeah. and and
3: that's the organic marketing actually, and so they are giving a little bit more weight to video because it's probably a little bit about competing with YouTube, so that's why they're giving the video a little bit more weight. Right. but, yeah, you have to know these little tips and tricks to kind of really optimize, you know, your time and investment in, in right. these platforms. So, and Twitter is a, is a good second place. They've also got some really great advanced tools for tracking things. Um, I also see that a lot of users are gravitating towards Snapchat. And so, wow. but the problem with Snapchat is there's really nothing you can measure except views. Right. And even that's kind of hard to, to see sometimes. Um, and it's all video-based. It's all verticalized video.
0: Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Snapchat, but is that like a younger demo? Or? It
3: was when it started, but oh. now it's starting to really... So I better get with it? <laughs> <laughs> might want to, yeah.
0: And would you say those are the main core, the Facebook, the uh, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, and, and Instagram?
3: Those are all the main ones, yes. However, um, I recommend we go based on your business model. Which right. one's going to work the best for you? Are you a company that focuses on hobbies, and special interest, maybe Pinterest is better for you. Gotcha. Are you a company that's heavily visual and lifestyle? Maybe Instagram's great for you. Um, I don't recommend being on every single platform. You'll spread yourself too thin. It's right. too much content to produce, it's too much everything.
0: So you think pick two or three? And yeah, pick hit two or three that
3: fit your business model the best and, and hit it hard.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me about your favorite uh, campaign. Like, what's something innovative you've done that you're very proud of?
3: You know, I would say uh, a client of ours, Susan G. Komen, uh, Los Angeles County. It's been a client that's been with us for several years. Um, they're near and dear to my heart, and they actually gave us a pretty, um, pretty nice size budget to promote their race for the cure. Right, and they saw a really good in, a return on investment on that. And
0: um, now, how did they uh, do a return on investment for? Uh Uh, fundraiser like that. So how much money they brought in from their social media?
3: Yeah. So there's two parts to the race for the cure. Um, You register to race and there's a 5K and a 10K certified. And then once you register to race, you raise funds as a team or an individual. Right. And so all that money is then gathered and then used for energizing the science behind finding breast cancer cures or or maybe finding research um, to help um, help us find more cures. And I know this is your give back. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I've always seen this client as a hybrid of us being a vendor to them. Right. But also a lot of volunteering goes into it, too. I mean, for Race for the Cure, we're getting up, uh, when the season comes in, we're getting up the second or third Saturday of every month. We're at a 9 a.m. meeting in Pasadena discussing – Everything behind the event, the operations, the marketing, the volunteers that, that come and show up. I mean, it's, it's a big process. I mean, yeah. it's Dodger Stadium, 10,000 people.
0: Yeah, I always have uh, like having people on the show that I call 360 Karma Women, and that's what you are. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's successful women who are doing something to give back, and I know that's your cause. Is there a particular reason that you picked that cause? I, I haven't asked you about that before. Uh,
3: you know, no, they came to us, and they wanted, you know, some social media And, um, I've never, thank God, I've never had anyone in the family, you know, affected by breast cancer specifically. Cancer, yes, but not breast cancer. Right. Um, however, by being, you know, a part of this group for the last five, six years now, I've come to meet survivors, -survivors, co-survivors, children of survivors, uh, their family, their friends. And so you become a part of that community and you, um... You know, you become so invested in it that you want to do the best work you can. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So you recommend people come out and. Support this foundation, I'm sure, and and uh, I know a lot of people do participate in the walk. Do they have that once a year?
3: Once a year, it's in March, and then uh-huh. the big event they have coming up is during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which ah. is October. Okay, so on October 22nd, they're having the Culinary Showdown at the Hollywood Lowe's Hotel. Okay. We're gonna have five celebrity chefs, oh, fun. and you can register to join the event. And then the top 50 fundraisers get to join forces with one of the celebrity chefs, and then we have like a Food Network style uh, cooking competition. Oh, fun. So for any hardcore foodies or cooks out there, this is a great way. This is the event, This is the event where you can get. How do they get tickets? um, You just go to KomenLACounty.org slash cook, Uh and then you can learn everything you need to know about the event, and you can also register there as well.
0: So all these celebrity chefs are gonna be there cooking, and you can get a ticket, go have the fun, and and, and be given to a great cause.
3: Absolutely, 100%. That sounds
0: cool. That's one thing I love about L.A. It's a foodie town. So (laughs) if you're going to go to a foodie event, this is the place to go. Absolutely. Yeah, amazing chefs. Are you a good cook?
3: No. (laughs) <laughs> Breakfast, either. yes. Breakfast. I remember you telling me about some good apps. You're my app girl. I, I, yeah. What's the
0: ones that you told me about that we could get deliveries? Yeah,
3: so uh, as an entrepreneur, very busy. So on-demand delivery services have been my go-to. I have Instacart that brings me my groceries. I have Postmates that will bring me anything I want. Yes. I remember I had to do a speaking. Anything? F- anything. <laughs> <laughs> you right Actually, yes. <laughs> Don't go there. I actually had a speaking event, sort of like this one, where I needed a black pair of jeans and I had Postmates go and grab me a pair. I just told them exactly what I wanted. Oh my god, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so um, there's a lot. There's also a new one called Buddy Truck and they'll deliver any item to any location. And so when you're selling things on Craigslist or whatever and it's a big item, you can hire Buddy Truck to transport it for you. To deliver it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, there's a lot. I have a list. You email me and I'll send you the secrets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wanted to share some of those today because I know you're the the queen of the apps.
3: Uh, Yeah, and I have a little OCD with time. I want to make sure my time is always being used well. Do I want to stand at the grocery store for an hour? Right. Or do I want to just have it sent to my house while I'm working or taking care of a client, for example?
0: Yeah, these uh, apps have really changed our lives, haven't they?
3: Yeah, we're spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, but that makes so much sense. You're right. Like, why take an hour? out
0: of your day to get in your car, go to the grocery store or go pick up dinner when you could be getting something done and have it delivered and and I'm sure the money you're making outweighs the cost of yeah. the delivery or whatever. So makes, I think it's a smart businesswoman's move.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the difference between going to bed at a normal time or a couple hours later. Right. So it all comes, it all benefits you in some way, shape or form. I think. And I know
0: you mentioned that you're working on an app. Can you share that with us or is that uh, kind of no, in the it, secret mode? No,
3: yeah. It's just a, it was just a concept thing. And, uh, because the concept isn't really solidified, um, there isn't really much to say about it except um hopefully i'll get around to it one day <laughs> i know if it's if it's your idea it's going to be amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's just one of those things where um Time, time is is so so hard precious. to come by. Yeah, yeah, it's precious. Oh, that's what I want. I want an
0: app that gives me more time. Can you make that happen? <laughs> that
3: would be incredible. <laughs> Let's Sign make me up. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Give me two. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we definitely could come up with some good ones. I'm sure. Yeah, I think
3: so.
0: So, uh, what's next for you? Uh, what's what is exciting is on your agenda for the future?
3: Well, I've been thinking a lot about what does all this mean—the awards, the great business achievements—and so I've been thinking a lot about legacy. You know, what's going to, what is this all going to mean when everything is said and done? Um, And so I've been really thinking about more ways to give back, more ways to elevate how I am as an entrepreneur. I'm thinking about joining the board of directors for a nonprofit.
0: I love that. um,
3: Which would involve building a monument in West Hollywood. it's called the National Foundation for an AIDS Monument. Oh yeah,
0: I heard about that. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. That'd to be, be on that board. yeah, that'd be
3: great to be on that board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully that happens. We're in talks. And then um, I've been doing a lot of things on a personal level too. I've been crazy about my tennis. I just uh-huh. joined the league. Oh, fun! <laughs> so I've got like two to three matches a week now. And uh... yeah, I, know, I know you told me uh, health is top of your list in your focus. Yeah, I'm just, I've been dropping. You gotta weight. have that balance. Yeah, I've been dropping weight little by little. I used to be an athlete in high school. I just want to get back to that place. I love right. it. Oh, we
0: all do. Yeah. Yeah. On
3: the the court, I think I'm Serena.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you are. an Indian version. (laughs) It's all about what's in the head. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I wish you so much luck with everything you keep doing. And I think it's great that you're giving back. I know you speak uh, various things and people can go to your website.
3: Yeah. Which Absolutely. Is Synergy.com, but it's spelled S Y N H E R G Y. I love
0: that. So, Sin and then her G. A little which, subtle
3: girl power in yeah, there. I yeah, I love that. Synergy. <laughs> I
0: think it's very clever. And uh, I have to have you back sometime just so we can find out about how you got that awesome name of Dimple.
3: <laughs> I love it. Don't ask me where they are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Your, how did your mom get that name?
3: You know, it's actually, um, from what I know, Not too sure about the meaning. I think it means what we know it to mean in English. Um, I know there's a Bollywood actress with the name Dimple, and everyone always references it it back to that. I do think it's an Indian name because there are many other Dimples out there, believe it or not.
0: Really? Uh, Well, you're the only one I know, and I'm happy to know you. (laughs) And I think it's a cool name, and you're my social media rock star.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having Uh, me.
0: You bet. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Tune in at the same time on UBN uh, at noon on Wednesdays. Make it a great week. Hugs and happiness.
1: Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrugan.com The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. Fans of the Live, Love, Thrive radio show, join us for our Live, Love, Thrive conference in Los Angeles on November 12th, 2016. This will be one of the most dynamic and interactive conferences in the country regarding equal pay and the shift of putting more women into positions of influence. Plus, incredible speakers, music, and life changing tools to help you find your life purpose and create your legacy. Get your tickets now at www.LiveLoveThriveConference.com.